Welcome to the Simple Money, Simple Life podcast. I am Matt Erickson, and I'm your host. This is a podcast where we explore how simplicity beats complexity, especially in money matters. We explore investing, personal finance, and how to live a simple and awesome life. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 87. It's great to be with you today. Hope you're all doing great on this uh, beautiful fall day when I'm recording. And it's fun to talk about the subject I have in mind today, which is does complexity give us more control? So I'm going to reference a couple of books that I've been reading by the same guy. One, his name is Brian Portnoy. One of his books is called The Geometry of Wealth. And the other is called The Investor's Paradox. And so the first one I want to reference is from The Investor's Paradox. And it's a story that I've shared before, but I would like to repeat. It's called The Lessons of Strawberry Jam. So it's Saturday morning. After your coffee, you head over to your local supermarket to pick up a few items. And again, I'm referencing his book right now. As is common these days, especially with fancier stores like Whole Foods or warehouses like Costco, there are numerous stations set up where you can sample different foods for free. On this particular day, there's a table set out in the condiment section with a large variety of gourmet jams, ranging from classic strawberry to unrecognizable blends of wild berry and spice. This tantalizing rainbow of alternatives, maybe a dozen or so, draws you in, and you spend a few minutes sampling the jams despite an overcrowded store and a day full of errands ahead. When you're done sampling, the table attendant gives you a dollar off coupon, good for any of the full-size jars, which are located mere steps away from where you're currently standing. What do you do next? If you are the typical customer in this scenario, you walk away from the samples table, walk away from the jams aisle, and buy nothing. Let's consider another scenario exactly the same as the first, except in this case, the samples table features only six jams versus 24. What happens in this case? First, fewer customers are attracted to the booth. With just a few choices, it's not as appealing, but the outcome among the smaller set of samplers is vastly different. Those who do sample this limited menu of jams are more likely to walk down the aisle and then purchase the jams they enjoyed most. How much more likely? In one of the more famous studies in the field of social psychology, 10 times more likely. What's more, customers reported afterwards a relatively high level of satisfaction with the experience. The limited number of customers who purchased jams from the larger choice set reported a lower level of satisfaction. So I've talked about the jam experiment before. Uh, It's an experiment I've used to kind of prove or to showcase why I think simplicity can beat complexity and why people really, part of them is really craving simplicity in their life. And so the next part I would like to share is from his other book, The Geometry of Wealth. So he says, simple is hard. As as principle and practice, simplicity is naturally appealing. Every generation feels that its world is more complex than that of the past. And as a result, the prospect of dampening the noise is attractive. Simplicity is far more elusive than it first appears, however, in no small part because humans actually crave complexity. We love having many choices in any domain of life, whether it be food, 
friends, or mutual funds. No one has overheard the orders in the long line at Starbucks could disagree. Choice at its deepest level is a proxy for the control we perceive to have over our lives. Thus, having more choice translates into a greater sense of safety. We naturally want more, not primarily because we are greedy, but because we want to survive. More complex is often more interesting. Simplicity in work, love, art, leisure, and everything else can be boring. We want to enjoy the richness of life and avoid dreary sameness. Thus, complexity sells. Complain as you might about the aisles at Ikea or the menu at the Cheesecake Factory. The crowds never stop coming. This is true in finance as well. Only a handful of basic principles are needed to achieve good investment results. Big examples include buy low and sell high, diversify and stick to your plan. But we fail to execute on these partly because of the bias for complexity. From cryptocurrencies to hedge funds, much of what is most exciting in in the money world is wildly complex. Invest for the long run is wise advice, but talking about Bitcoin is so much more fun. And so I was talking with someone the other day. And I was trying to to persuade and influence that person to start investing in index funds and into a Roth IRA. And the person had a basic knowledge of investing, it seemed, and seemed to be convinced that this was a good choice. And they even said, yeah, I, I actually have a Roth IRA and I have been contributing, but I also want to open a cryptocurrency account with Bitcoin so that I can have more control and I can kind of run that. And so I thought about his perception was that if he invests in cryptocurrencies, he would have more control and a better outcome. In other words, make it more complex. Uh, What he probably doesn't realize is investing in cryptocurrencies is a form of speculation or gambling. And you're investing in a currency. You're not investing in a business or something that has a return other than just what people will pay for it, kind of like gold. And so people have a really hard time just in in money and investing, especially with just taking what the market gives you and investing in a simple and uh, methodical way. So back several years ago, uh, investment firms started to develop hedge funds. Hedge funds are funds where they do not have to be transparent about what they have in their account. And so they often will appeal to rich people or wealthy people who need a more sophisticated quote unquote portfolio, where the simple stuff available to the public just isn't good enough. And in a hedge fund, they will often take 20% of the profit, the hedge fund manager, and they will take 2% fee on top of that. And so most hedge funds Uh, as they study the results of these, do not do that well. And you can kind of see why. Uh, But people think that since they're complex and they're opaque and they're designed for high-income professionals, that they will be a positive investment to use. Uh, The same argument can be used for alternative investments or investing in actively managed mutual funds. People will think that since the mutual fund is being run by a smart person from Harvard with a PhD, 
that they will be able to pick stocks that will outperform the index or the benchmark. And what study after study, time after time tells us is that that is not a winning strategy. Over time, when this is studied, the indexes outperform the active managers over time, at least most of the time. So also people think to, if they have more investing accounts or invest in multiple places, that this can be a more sophisticated and wise approach as well. But I found that when people get investing accounts in multiple corners of their life and multiple places, they start to lose track of what they're doing, sometimes even forgetting about their portfolios and that due to the complexity, they might get overwhelmed and forget about what accounts they have, lose track of them, or get so overwhelmed that they stop investing. So some people choose to hire an investment advisor and different investment advisors have different approaches. And so some of them like to uh, do market timing and try to pick in and out of the pick stocks and go in and out of the market based on current conditions. And others are more prone to just buy and hold index funds. And so if you're going to hire an investment advisor, you definitely want to make sure that you agree with whichever approach they are using. Uh, so there's a really cool guy named Paul Merriman. He has a great website with all kinds of resources and it's all free. And he is a great guy. He ran his own investing firm and then he sold it and it's still operating today. And so he's a really neat guy. He has a podcast. He has several free books on his website, paulmerriman.com that I would definitely recommend. He was, he used to have a portfolio that he made famous called the ultimate buy and hold portfolio. It had 10% of 10 different asset classes. So he had 10% in large cap blend, 10% in large cap value, 10% in small cap value, 10% in small cap blend. And then he had the same in international and then he had a couple bond funds. So he had 10 different uh, index funds of 10% each. And he met with John Bogle, who was the founder of Vanguard, who uh, designed and invented the first index fund in the 70s. And he was talking about his strategy with John Bogle because they both believed in index investing. But uh, Mr. Bogle told Paul Merriman that he did not like his approach because he said it was too complicated. He said for most investors, having 10 different funds and rebalancing them and keeping track of them is just unrealistic and not likely for one to stick with that or be able to do that. And that's why he recommended a much simpler portfolio. So there's an online forum called the Bogleheads, and they advocate for a three-fund portfolio, which is simply a total international fund, a total market U.S. fund, and a total market bond fund. And that is all you need. So I think as you think about your approach to life, this is going back to investing. That's one of the reasons why they've invented the target date funds is because you just buy one fund and it has all of those funds inside of it. And so you just need to buy one fund and it covers all that you need. So if someone looking for the, the most simple approach, uh, they could use a target date fund. So in my opinion, in lots of areas of life, simplicity is 
the ultimate sophistication. And it is a more relaxing and positive way to live. Um, but as human beings, we tend to crave the complex. And it is interesting how I read in that uh, work by Brian Portnoy that, for example, at the Cheesecake Factory and at other places, they have really a lot of choice and a lot of menus. But then you go to a place like In-N-Out Burger and they have hamburger and a cheeseburger and fries and that's it. They have nothing else. Uh, Chick-fil-A is pretty similar. They just have a few different kinds of chicken sandwiches and that's it. And they do incredibly well. So I think there's a case to be told that some people really like the simplicity. They like the simple approach. When my mom was uh, buying a washing machine for the first time back in the 1960s, I believe, she was at a store, hardware store, a department store where they were selling washing machines and she was talking to the salesperson. And the salesperson told her, just buy the machine with the least amount of options because that way it will last longer and you won't have as many options that can break. And so she's told this story many times and that washing machine lasted for, I don't know, 30 something years or something along those lines. It lasted a really long time. And so she's kind of stuck with that mantra over the years. And I must admit when I bought my last washing machine, I did the same thing. I tried to buy as simple a machine as I could. And so I think there's a lot of areas of life where we can consider applying the principle of simplicity. It might be when we buy a car, or we, when we buy an appliance, how we eat and how we invest. And so there's a lot of different ways that simplicity can really bring calm to your life, especially if you feel like you have a lot of anxiety and stress and you feel like life is going too fast and there are just too much going on around you. One way to bring calm to your life is to start simplifying your choices and to simplify different areas of your life. It could be your wardrobe. It could be the activities that you choose to do. It could be how you eat. It could be how you invest, how you save. But much of life doesn't need to be complicated. Our brains seem to want to complicate things because it seems to give us more control. We think we have more control if we make it more complex. But I would argue that the opposite is true. If we can pull back and simplify things, um, our activities, our jobs, our relationships, um, our purchase habits, then I think we'll feel better and feel um, less stress. In my paid job, I am a therapist for mental health purposes. And the main thing I work with is stress and anxiety. And so one thing that I really hope we can all consider is like what were the one of the main things we want in life, in my opinion, is peace of mind. And we want to feel calm and feel good and be able to go through life and enjoy it. And it's so hard to enjoy life when you have a cloud of stress or a tight chest or a tight stomach or just this feeling of nerves and stress and anxiety that stays with you all the time. And obviously treating anxiety can be kind of complex and there can be a lot of factors that contribute to it, including genetics and environment and the way we think and past trauma and whatnot. But in any of our situations, if we want to 
kind of feel better and feel less anxiety, I think one way to do it is to look on how we can simplify our lives. I've talked a lot about the impacts of clutter and stuff and being surrounded by a lot of material possessions in our life. And I think one way to simplify our life is to have fewer possessions and less stuff around us and to be able to kind of live in a space and be in a space where we feel more at calm. That is what I have prepared for you guys today. My next episode will be a little bit more on minimalism. So if you're looking for an episode on that, that will be next. And the next episode that I share will be on why minimalism might be right for you. And I'm going to go over 16 different reasons why it might be a lifestyle that you would like to consider. And I'm excited to bring you that. I have quite a few fun topics planned for the podcast coming up. So I plan to keep on doing this podcast and keep on bringing it to you and sharing it with you. And if you could do me a favor and please share it with a friend, please give it a a rating on the podcast platform of your choice and try to pass the word along so that the podcast can land in more people's um, lives and so that they can hopefully benefit from the principles that I have to share. And remember, the simple life is a good life. Mm -hmm.